It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for the three-point podcast, episode 164. Our batting order includes Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and our studio home, Z92.5 The Castle. I'm Ted Fattel of Z92.5 Radio with ESPN's Matt Burns and Jared Fattel of Bally Sports Detroit. Thanks, everybody, for all the listens and follows, and that's at 3 Point Pod. Well, boys, we took a little bit of a spring break, but we're back in action here, and uh, let's start with Matt uh, again. The famous Disney vacation. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about this experience. You know, I, I know you guys have bagged on me a little bit for the multiple Disney trips. I, th- I feel like I remember Jared saying that Disney is kind of one of those like once you go once, like why would you ever go back again? <laughs> I, I can I can understand that, but you know maybe it is the kid thing. You know, Ted, you definitely know about that oh, when you see sure. things through your kids' eyes. It is a little different, but. We love it. We love going down there, and we had some friends meet us down there, so that's always cool. They, they have a daughter, too, so seeing the kids, having fun, and then getting to hang out with our friends. And we stayed at a resort with a, a really cool pool, so we got to hang by the pool and have, like, drinks and food by the pool. And the weather was amazing because you're down in Orlando. So, you know, it, it was it was exactly what we needed. It's, all, it's always one of those two that, like, 
you always wish you had like a day or two more. Like when you plan it, you're like, all right, that's good, you know, five, six days. But then when you're there, you're like, man, we should have went for like the full week or like seven or eight days because one or two more days would have been perfect. But, but yeah, it was, it was really great. Well, I'll let Jared jump in, but I, I don't lump me into that. I think you got a great deal going on because, first of all, you're a Disney employee. So, um, I mean, it's definitely cost-effective. And as you mentioned, you're staying at a really nice hotel with a great pool, and it's just the, the amusement parks and the zoo. That's just all an added benefit. So I'm all for it, man. Use it up as much as you can. Definitely. Yeah, the pr- yeah, the price point is awesome that you get to do. Do you do, like, the same thing every time you go there? Or, like, do you stay at the same hotel? Do you, like, kind of have the same itinerary? Or is it does it change a little bit every year? I'd say kind of half and half. We have stayed at the same hotel a couple times now just because we know we like it. We know they have the huge pool and they have, like, yep. uh, food and stuff like that. So, so that's kind of stayed the same. But, you know, the parks, you try and – I mean, you're always going to go to the same parks, like Magic Kingdom – you know, is the main one, and Animal Kingdom is where all the animals and stuff are. So you're going to maybe do the same park, but the parks are so big. And, yeah, you might do the things that are, like, favorites. You're going to do those every time. But I swear, like, unless you went to a park two or three days in a row, there's no way you could, like, do everything in one day. So, so yeah, it feels like even, even though I've been there a handful of our times, like, you're still, like, doing different stuff every time. And then, like, right now, obviously, it's a little different because of all the, the COVID precautions and everything. So a little bit of a different vibe, and everyone walking around with their masks on was a little different. But, you know, it's still Disney, so it's still magical. But, no, the, it, it, I don't know. I love it. You know, I can understand people there, that don't want to go. But Did the mascots, like, stitch? Did they have, like, masks on? No, they they, they didn't. I, I was curious about, like, the characters. Yeah, if Mickey had, like, a huge Mickey mask on his own, that would be funny, but... But no, it was it was a great time. I have a question. My wife's been wanting to go to the Animal Kingdom now. How does that stack up as far as uh, zoos you've been to? I would imagine it's top of the line. Yeah, I mean it's um, yeah, top of the line is the best way to describe it. I mean, like the Detroit Zoo, and I've been to like in Central Park the zoo, and I've been to a, a few others that are super cool in Cincinnati. That that zoo was really cool. Um, it's a, it's like a different feel though. It's not like your traditional zoo where you're just like walking around and staring at animals in cages basically right. they do have some areas like that but like the safari is like the thing that's like what you go to animal kingdom and you ride around on basically i mean you go on a safari you really you go on a safari and i mean like there we had like a rhino that was like a foot away from our bus and giraffes were like just walking around you drive through it's basically like you're in africa and you drive through lions are roaming around cheetahs and like it's if you want to, if you don't want to actually go to Africa and you want to kind of experience that, drive down to Orlando and go to Animal Kingdom, and it's amazing. And then they do all these other shows, like there was like these parrots or like macaws flying around that they had trained to like fly from space to space to space. So they're like flying over your head and stuff like that. So you can tell I like it. It's, it's really cool. It's, it's really cool. It's worth the trip. Well, it's a great vacation, and, you know, again, uh, working for Disney, it, that ain't all bad. Now let's go to the other company man now, Valley Sports Detroit, Jared. Uh, now you're a couple weeks in. How, how's it going? Uh, it's been good. I mean, I've moved into my apartment. I'm still kind of in, like, learning phase a little bit at work, but a little bit more responsibility each and every day. Uh, I actually have a question uh, for you guys. 
So let me just explain. So I live in uh, Ypsilanti now, uh, just for the rest of the summer. It's a little bit colder, about a 35-minute drive to work every day. The apartment I'm staying at, the person I'm subleasing it from, my best friend pretty much, Josh Richardson, last summer he left his car unlocked for a week while he was uh, back home. And a homeless man literally lived in and out of his car for about a week. Uh, I don't remember all the details of how it was, like, confirmed. Uh, so I'm not in the best area, you could say, uh, but t- every single night my next-door neighbor has band practice. And it's just kind of crazy to me because I, he lives in sort of a duplex like what I live in, which is where there's probably six or seven other people that he doesn't really know that live there with him. Every single night around, like, 10 o'clock, he's having band practice, and you can just hear the drums, right outside my window and then there's another guy who comes home around midnight every night just windows down music blaring and every single night he's listening to usher i don't know what it is with this guy's obsession with usher but it's not little wayne it's not drake it's not country it's usher every night so i just i'm kind of dealing with some interesting characters i was just wondering if you guys ever had some neighbors or roommates that were a little bit out there i mean i I definitely i've rented for basically since I moved out of uh, my parents' house, you know, like going to college, rent rented for a long time. So, yeah, you're always, if you're living in an apartment or like a duplex, you know, situation, you're always going to end up with some characters, you know, living next to you or like at the building over. It's just kind of part of the deal. I think if you live in that kind of situation, you know that you're going to either have someone that's like kind of crazy or, yeah, has a band that they're practicing all the time. So, it's just kind of part of the deal, I feel like. I don't know. What do you think, Ted? Yeah, I never really had any crazy stuff like that, but I did have a roommate once, and this got you you know, I gotta preface this a little bit. This is back in the seventies. You know me, the old hippie, but I lived with a guy, I mean it was it, without fail, every single day he'd wake up and it'd be <laughs> coffee and rolls. Coffee and rolls, and that meant a doobie along with his coffee. <laughs> and that's how every day started out. So I I had about a What's six fun? I had about a six-month period where I didn't get a lot done. I was going to say, I mean, the way you worded that was as if, like, this was a problem. No, you probably love this guy. He's probably your best friend. You probably joined him every morning. Well, it was quite an experience, I will say that, and played a lot of cribbage in those days, too. So, uh, But I never really had any really bad neighbors that I can remember. But I do want to throw this out there, and you know, our listeners will appreciate this. Jared, you know, you're living all by yourself. You're not at your parents' house by yourself. You're... You know, you're in your own little apartment. So, how, how did that go? Are you hanging in there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been going good. Like I said, there's a few sketchy things here or there that happens in the area, but uh, it's been good. I mean, I've lived by myself at college before. True. This isn't like my first rodeo. Right. Uh, but what's crazy, I think I was telling you guys earlier, like when in my birthday week, my parents were in Arizona. The first time I've ever stayed at my house in a place completely by myself was just a few months ago. <laughs> So it's it's still a little bit different. Uh, you, I'm always kind of surprised that some of the stuff you don't take into account when you move out, like detergent and you know having to buy new plates, buy forks, paper plates, uh, all these like extra costs that you just don't think about when you're living at home. So just gonna, I'm cutting down and spending a little bit the last couple of weeks because I'm starting to realize I might run out of cash here pretty soon. Right. If I keep up my uh, ways. Well, you're on your way. And I before we uh, take a break and and talk a little Tiger baseball. Uh, you know, speaking of Tiger baseball, I mean, you've been you've been working on some games and stuff. How has the actual job been going? Have you been you know learning a lot of stuff? Are you feeling comfortable? How's that all working out? Probably. 
probably the coolest thing that ha- has happened so far since I've been there was pretty much what my job details is putting together the pregame shows and sometimes the postgame shows. Uh, a lot of like the videos and basically anything that's on video or highlight or anything of that form, like basically a PA put that together. Mm-hmm. So I just like this. It's kind of crazy how life will take you in weird places. So if you, as you guys know, I mean, you guys watch Bali sports. I mean, Craig Monroe is like, he's a big time analyst there that, you know, is there for Tigers baseball and comes in, you know, pretty much every day. And so I've had, you know, a couple of conversations with that, with him and he's, you know, he's sort of taught me kind of a diff, some cool stuff that I wouldn't know about, you know, just how Comerica is not a hitter's park whatsoever. Uh, why a guy like it may not be hitting so well, what he's got to change about his swing, this or that. And it's funny because Craig Monroe, and Curtis Granderson were my two favorite players when I was growing up. I absolutely loved them. And it's just weird that if I could have told myself, like, 10-year-old, like, yeah, you're going to kind of get to know this guy one day. Like, I would have been through the moon. But now that I'm at this place, it's kind of, he's just like, you know, he's just another guy. And that's kind of always been the way it works out with these people, is the guys that I've always thought were just, like, superheroes growing up. When you meet them, like, you just kind of realize, oh, yeah, he's just another guy. That, that definitely, you sound like me 10 years ago when I started at ESPN because it was the same thing bumping into Desmond Howard and Magic Johnson. And then down here at SEC Network, Tim Tebow, it was around all the time. I wasn't necessarily like a huge Tebow fan, but, you know, it's it's Tim Tebow. I mean, it's kind of legendary. But, right, like exactly like what you said. At first, you kind of, you know, you're like, holy shit, like, man, these these are legends in whatever sport they played in. And then once you start working with them, when you're sitting there editing video or doing whatever you're doing, right, you realize, and they're just they're just normal people who make a lot more money and are you know hall of famers in whatever sport they played in. So you know yeah. it, it, that is cool. It's cool to hear you say that. Yeah, and I was going to say you know now that Jared's you know actually when you think about it, working for the Tigers, working in baseball to a certain extent, uh, it sounds like maybe some of that boyhood love for the games coming back a little bit. Is that fair? Uh, I'm not going to lie, uh, it is a little bit, and. I- I'm more surprised than you guys probably are at, at that. Uh, I mean, we're going to get into the Tigers, and I'm yep. actually kind of excited. I 100%. When opening day came around, I said, you know what? I'm going to give baseball one last chance. I'm going to like kind of you know throw myself into it this year. And I'm not going to lie. It, it, as crazy as it sounds, I'm more into the MLB season right now than I am the NBA. Uh, and that's just maybe because the NBA is in like sort of a slog right now, and a lot of guys are hurt. But I, I'm kind of all in on baseball right now. And as I'm saying that, it sounds crazy, but that's just where my head is. Well, hold that thought. We'll get a little bit more into it here and talk about our beloved Detroit Tigers. But first, take a listen to this from some of our great advertisers. So wait, Ted, before we get to those, we got to get an update. What have you been up to the last week oh. or so? we got to get your update. Is the pontoon out yet? The pontoon is out. It's in the water. Uh, the biggest test is, after storing it all winter long, will it start up when we put it in the water? <laughs> And it did. <laughs> it's running fine. And we've had about, uh, I think I've been on it now three times and really enjoying it. And, you know, also, just to kind of clue you in on something I've been looking at even more, you know, I, I work a real job, not in sports. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there. I'm 64, looking at 65 this summer. And my initial plan was to retire at the end of uh, 22 but I'm looking more and more like there's a possibility I may uh, retire and put more time into this podcast at the end of this year. So some of those plans are going on. And plus, I did have a chance, you know, we went down to see my uh, granddaughter in Royal Oak this weekend, Parker. And think about this, Matt. I mean, your daughter gets into activities. I don't know if she played soccer and stuff like that. But here, uh, Parker is uh, two and a half. 
and they've got this little you know, this little tyke soccer program going. We went down and watched it for the first time. It was the beginning of the program last Saturday. You talk about uh, a grin seeing these little kids <laughs> trying to get some direction, you know, under three years old. It was, I, I was laughing out loud. Are they even playing the sport? Not yet. No. I mean, they were having a hard enough time understanding no, kick the ball. Don't pick it up and throw it in the net. <laughs> that's that's about the extent it was. But they, it, it was very cute to see, you know, these, like I said, three-year-olds running all over the place. It, it was worth some grins. No, I mean, it sounds like, you know, we've talked about you being Grandpa Ted before. You're getting to do some of this stuff. You oh, got yeah. the pontoon out. We got this podcast that's keeping you young. It's keeping the youth going for you. Probably retirement is sounding pretty good, right? It's looking pretty good. I know your dad's been through it, you know. And, I, you know, you get to a certain point in life, fellas. You know how it is. You're working hard, and you're, you're going to be burning a lot more hours as you go through your careers. I mean, when you, when you burn hours, like I was thinking about it, since 1985, I went through a divorce, and, you know, I had to get all the spare money I could get. So I was, I was doing refereeing. I was umpiring. I was doing radio. On top of that, I was doing a 45 to 50-hour-a-week job. And think about how many years that is since 85. I've been cranking it at both ends. Yeah, I think it's about time to start slowing it down just a little bit. Definitely. Enjoy that life. Enjoy that lake life that you got. Amen. And we, good got, to me. we got some traveling to do, too, so I want to do that while I still can get up and down stairs, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> What are you going to do if your pontoon doesn't start? Uh, then I have to shell out money for somebody to fix it or put a new motor on it or something, but uh, it's it's running good right now, Jared. So if you come up here on any breaks, we'll go out on the on the lake, all right? Sounds good. <laughs> Before we uh, move on or whatever, I did hear that you guys are about to get maybe some snow. You yeah. have to pull the pontoon out of the water up in Michigan or what? No, we won't get that much snow, no. it'll stay. It'll stay in the lake. I'm not pulling it out. That explains why. So I, I remember. No, I, I can't believe we're getting a snow. That sound, it sounds like hell. Not gonna lie, but it's no surprise that you say that because I remember this was probably two years ago. I think it was right when you got your pontoon. Right. And me and some of the buddies were uh, like, when we messaged you. We were down just down like on the other side of the lake. We said, hey, like we're, we kind of want to go for a boat ride. We were just hanging on the beach. Yeah. And I remember he was like, yeah, I'll come get you like right away. Uh, and he was probably about a hundred yards from shore when. <laughs> up we're all like cheering like yeah and his <laughs> pontoon died <laughs> stranded out in the middle of the lake for about 45 minutes before we could get her going <laughs> hopefully that doesn't happen again but that was very funny when it did happen that's life of a boat owner right there jared that's what happens they always say though that uh, the best day of your life life is when you get your boat and the next best day of your life is when you get rid of it. So <laughs> we'll see if that holds true, but I'm still enjoying it. And, you know, one final quick story on weather. You know, I remember uh, my brother-in-law, Gary, his 50th birthday was about uh, 15 years ago. And his birthday's May 1st, and we had put uh, a pergola up in our yard with, you know, the nice canvas top. We ended up getting six inches of cold, wet, heavy snow, and that pergola just got completely destroyed because of the heavy snow. So I've always learned my lesson. You don't want to put stuff like that up too early in the season, or you pay for it here in Michigan. Or the plants, the flowers, and all that stuff too, right? Amen, amen. All right, well, thanks for the save there. I brought everybody up to speed or killed the show with my my recap. (laughs) So we'll be back and talk a little Tiger baseball right after this. 
Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Conveniently located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan. The Janka family are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since 2000. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that is focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years experience and origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one -on -one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from the very beginning to the end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more information on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Keep supporting them by calling in your takeout orders. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona at the corner of M21 and State Road. Hankard Sportswear is the area's top clothing and more printing business. Located in the heart of Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street. Give them a follow on Facebook at Hankard.Sportswear. All right, fellas. Uh, uh, Jared, you probably have the inside scoop on the Tigers. I mean, we're recording this on Monday night. They're coming off a, a weird road trip where they swept the Astros. Hinch, you know, got a little revenge against his team, but then they go to Oakland and, what, they lost three or four straight. So it's it's really hard to yep. figure out this team. Yeah. The, the reason that I got into this team at the start of the year was and still is is because of this Akil Badu guy. Uh, we all know him. He sort of, like, burst onto the scene. He had, like, four home runs and like, his first, you know, handful of games. He was batting 328 heading into this Oakland A series. And it's funny how all I want from this guy, people are acting like he's going to be the next, you know, McCutcheon or something. I just want him to be a starter. That's all I need from him. You know, stay on the roster, stay in the lineup. You have a highlight play here or there. Uh, but things aren't looking good, boys. Uh, he is now 0 for 11 in his last uh, 11 at-bats, and eight of those are strikeouts. He came into the OKA yeah. series at uh, 328. He's now already down to 263. I just want to get his jersey. But I just want to know that he's going to be with the Tigers for the next few years. But it's just not looking good. It's looking like he's probably going to be head down to the minors uh, soon, which is sad because he is the first jolt of like life that the Tigers have had in, what, five years? Just five years since maybe the Justin Verlander trade. That's it. Yeah, it hasn't been much in yeah, probably the last four or five years. You're right. And that's what I was just starting to wonder. I know you guys definitely remember these legendary Tigers names. I was hoping he wasn't going to be – a Chris Shelton oh. or or a Brennan Bosch type of guy where when they come up to the big club, they just start raking for those first couple weeks, and then pitchers get a scouting report on them, and, yeah, next thing you know, they're striking out eight, eight out of ten at bats or something. So hopefully maybe this is just a little slump, and then he'll kind of get it back going, but definitely a cool story. The rest of the Tigers, you know, maybe not so much. I felt like this was going to be an up-and-down year all year anyway. Like maybe they would have where they sweep the Astros, but then they'd kind of, you know, reality would come back and they'd get swept in the next series. So you just hope they like start moving in the right direction. That's what you hope for. Yeah, and I I think they got, well, I think they got a good start. Okay, I think Hinch is going to be a good manager. Obviously, he's won a World Series. You know, I think he's learned his lesson from the scandal that they had in in Houston. Uh, just watching the guy in press conferences, I'm impressed. Um, the team team itself. 
you know, and this is coming from a long, long time baseball fan, Tiger fan. They're still a couple years away, at least. You know, they got they got a few pieces. They're going to have to ride it out with Cabrera. He's probably going to finish his career injury prone, but you still look at his numbers. He's struggling this year. He's on the injured list at the moment. Uh, you know, he's a for sure Hall of Famer, but you know, he, he he's going to have to probably go the way that uh, Victor went. You know, and and just kind of go out into the sunset and he'll. He, he still is the greatest Tiger hitter I have ever seen, you know, and I've always been a huge Al Kaline fan, but that uh, five or six year stretch of Cabrera, every time he came up to bat, it was must see TV. You know, you just had to watch. I do think they have some, some, some pieces. Like I said, Candelario, I think he has potential. They got a few other players. Uh, it was sad to see Robbie Grossman in that game yesterday forced out at third base on a hit to the outfield that fell and hit grass. That just, that kind of stuff can't happen. So they got to get back to fundamentals. And Jared, you said it with uh Badu, you got to cut down on strikeouts. Strikeouts aren't going to do you any good. You got to put the ball in play. No. I think the pitching staff is like is decent, and here I am like talking like I know like super duper. Here's what I'm going to say in regards to my expertise when it comes to baseball. Do you entertain me? Do I, and basically the only stats I look at are batting average, and uh, if for a pitcher is ERA. And but the one guy who I do love on this team is is Matt Fulmer. He was I'll, I'll correct my statement. He was a burst onto the scene type of guy in 2016, yep. uh, like rookie of the year. Had one hell of a year since then. He's basically just fallen off, you know, due to injuries and stuff like that. But I've had to cut a lot of his like post game and pre game like interviews the last couple weeks, and I just like everything about this guy. I love his attitude. I, he's pitched well so far since he's came back this year. I like him, and I like Matt Boyd too. I like our pitchers. Casey Mize is the one guy who I worry about because he's basically our big ticket. We need him to become the next Justin Verlander if we really want to go somewhere. Uh, and I just watched with my own two eyes. The one game I've watched in the last couple of weeks, he literally got shelled three home runs in the first two innings and was out. I know he's young, but it's just I remember guys like Steven Strasburg and even Justin Verlander, I feel like they didn't have like a big growing pains in their first year. Like It was almost like they were superstars right as they stepped into the major league, and he just hasn't been that. Yeah, I mean, Casey Mize, I mean, you're right. He is what everyone is hoping he's going to be the next Justin Verlander, you know, as a, as a Tigers fan. And I know we've, we've probably talked about it a couple of years ago. I watched him his a lot his last couple of years at Auburn, and I remember when the Tigers drafted him, I was just pumped. I was like, this dude is such a stud. And, I mean, he's been okay. Like, he hasn't maybe, like you said, like a Strasburg or like a Verlander hasn't, like, burst onto the scene yet. I just – I, sometimes with baseball, I, baseball is so weird to me, and I know there's a lot of like weird contract stuff that you have to keep a guy in the minors for so long, so you keep their rights or you know whatever. I know there's a lot of that stuff going on. I just can't stand sometimes like the baby gloves that they treat these guys with, and you know like keeping eyes in the minors for so long, or like they've got the kid down in the minors, uh, Spencer Torkelson who is, like, he's the best prospect maybe. Well, he's a Tigers' best prospect for sure, and maybe in, like, all the major leagues. And they're, like, keeping him in the minors to, like, you know, try and groom him. And I'm just like, look at this team. Like, this team's not going anywhere. Bring any of these guys up and get them major league experience and get them major league at bat. Like, what what is playing in double-A going to do for him? Except, cool, he's hitting 30, 30 home runs in double-A. That's not going to do much for him. I mean, maybe that's just me, but I – I would like to see them get all these guys that are you – know, I think the Tigers right now have the number one ranked farm system in the major league. Get some of these guys up and let them play. Like, this team's not going anywhere anyway. 
that crazy of me to think that or what? No, not at all. I mean, we've talked about it before. And in fact, you know, you could tell we haven't rehearsed this show because Torkelson's coming up and going to be active for the Pittsburgh series starting on Tuesday. So we'll see. Oh, okay. what, we'll yeah, see what well, he can I do. I seen that. Cool. I love that. That's exactly what we should be doing. Uh, just get it's funny. You want to hear like a shocking, alarming stat batting average for the team so far this year. Point. 212. Yes. I mean, that's problems number one, two, and three with them. And like I said, I have no problem bringing up Torkelson, even if he pulls up a do and is striking out left and right. Bring him up. See what the guy's got. Get him some experience. If he's legit, he's going to adjust right away. And if he's just, like, not legit, he's going to become a head case and he'll be out of the league in a couple of years. So we might as well bring him in now. Like I said, nothing on the line, no pressure at all. Just see what this guy can do. Bring him up just like we're doing Tuesday. I can't wait. Circle that day on your calendar. We'll see what he can do. 100% agree, and you're right. I mean, the 212 batting average as a team is pathetic. they gotta, they got to improve on that, and if you got to bring up the kids to do it, that's uh, that's what you need to do. A positive, though, I do think I do think they have some pretty decent arms. Yeah, we got to see what Mize can do. they got to ride him out. I agree with you, Jared, that Fulmer looks like apparently he's back from his injury problem. He's throwing the ball in the high 90s again. And I, I like this Scooble. Even though he's 0-2 and, and his ERA is up there early in the season, I think he's got a good arm. And I think they got the potential to have a pretty good pitching staff you know, as they move forward. I don't know what they got down in AAA and AA, but uh, I imagine they got a few arms coming up there too yeah and obviously the big thing that's been with the figures that since since jared started watching probably even ted you remember a ton of years is the bullpen and it seems like seems like the tigers i mean like you know they had like todd jones was actually like reliable and people used to hate on jose valverde but he was actually like pretty reliable he would get a ton of safe and it just seems like since those guys they've just struggled to find like a reliable even a reliable setup man and a reliable closer like Joe Jimenez was supposed to be that guy. And he just is, he's just terrible. He has never like put it all together. And I I don't know. That's just one thing from my perspective. I feel like that they feel, I feel like they need to find, hopefully Casey Mize can be like a solid starter. Like you said, Jared, Matthew Boyd is a solid starter. They need to find a guy that you can just rely on in the bullpen that, you know, like when you have to pull your starter out, put this dude in and he's going to shut a team down for an inning or two. The Tigers have, they've just struggled to find that bullpen consistency. Oh, hundred uh, percent agree. In, in terms of the MLB, where do you guys, like, where would you say your fandom is scale of one to 10? I would say I'm about a six with potential to go up to maybe an eight. If the Tigers are very good, but because they're like not super great right now, I'm kind of, you know, right around a six, but Baseball has some big names, and the thing that I'm kind of starting to realize as I'm starting to watch it more and more is that it's actually, like, kind of cool sometimes. <laughs> like, Mookie Betts, I don't know if you guys saw it, like, he had, like, a walk-off diving grab. Yes. Uh, Crowdy rubs as he catches it. He's pounding on his chest, at, like, every dive, you know, keep the Padres from, like, winning, like, a crucial game, like, early in the season to decide, like, you know, first place in the standings. I just love it. It's just sometimes baseball can be cool, and I feel like as long as the MLB continues to – like loosen the restraints on social media and stuff like that. Videos like that would, will be going a lot more viral. And people are complaining about, oh, like the home run or strikeout. I'm loving the fact that guys are hitting so many home runs. It, that is the coolest part about baseball. I always wanted to hit a home run when I was a kid, never had the opportunity to because for some reason we always played at Mitchell Fields where the, the fences are 400 <laughs> feet. Uh, but I'm just all for it. I'm, I'm all for like kind of enlightening myself to some of these newcoming stars in the MLB, and I'm watching. I'm officially tuned in is what I'll say. Yeah, I would give it. I would give the Tigers probably a seven, you know, on my ranking scale. Uh, 
the thing that I think Major League Baseball really needs to do, they got to follow maybe the, the the blueprint of the NBA, and they need to they need to really like you talked about showcase the players more. I mean, you know, you got the best player in baseball, arguably, in Mike Trout, and you know, there's no pizzazz there. You know, that you don't you don't see a lot of the highlights, and you, you know, I think. It's a fine line between oversaturating the individual players and not, but I think baseball has to do more of a job of that. And that Padres Dodgers series, it kind of reminded me of the old days with the Yankees and Red Sox. I mean, they're going at it. The, you know, it's intense, and and that's great baseball, and it was exciting. A lot of highlights. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of Padres and Dodgers, I think, and then Mike Trout. That's exactly what I was going to say. Those three teams right there. Trout plays for the Angels. All on the West Coast, right? And I think that I think that kind of hurts a little bit because the Padres and Dodgers have a ton of great players and characters and stuff. And that's one thing with Trout. Trout's probably the best player in the league, and really, he might end up being one of the best players in the history of the game when it's all said and done. He's been on the West Coast his whole career, and he has even said in interviews that he's kind of, you know, he's kind of like keeps to himself type of guy. Like he's not going to be like out there like a, even like Bryce Harper he's not going to be you know a player like Bryce Harper kind of comes into play and yeah I, my biggest problem and I mean we've we've gotten to some solid debates about it before with baseball and stuff and it's it's the old school people the people who have that like they think baseball I, I know it is like America's pastime and stuff like that but they keep that like no bat flips and you know no showing up the pitcher and doing all that stuff and that's the stuff that I think Jared's talking about. You yep. like seeing Mookie Betts make a dive and catch and, you know, get animated and get pumped up and stuff. And you like seeing a dude like Castellanos a couple weeks ago, like hit a home run and did like one of the sickest bat flips that I've ever seen. And you like seeing yep. that stuff. But then, you know, like if you slide into home like he did and you kind of like do a little taunt or something, then the bench is clear and everyone gets, you know, all butt hurt and stuff like that. I don't know. I think that's one thing that baseball needs. I mean, if you watch an NBA game, anytime someone makes a three, they're like doing some gesture. Or if they dunk, you know, they're staring someone down. That's some of the funnest stuff in the NBA. So, you know, baseball just needs to get over that stuff, I think. Don't don't you think they've made some strides that way, though? I mean, they're not there yet, but I, they have loosened up some of that. Some of the old unwritten rule stuff, uh, I think it's – kind of fading away a little bit it may not go away in this generation a hundred percent but i think we're gonna i think we've seen some of that it needs a change and i'd say it's the boomers that made it this way so just feel free to raise your hand for the reason that baseball is treated like it's golf why has it always been people act like it's golf i don't understand that why don't we want the bat flips why don't we want pitchers you know celebrating when i just saw it today trevor bauer strikes out uh, Tadis Jr. from San Diego, and he's like, he's loving it. He's screaming it. Like, it just, why is that not more celebrated? Why are players hating? That's what kind of makes me crazy about it is why are the players the ones who always speak out about guys, you know, doing a bat flip? It's just, it's just annoying. Why don't you want that? It, it gets everybody excited, makes everybody tune into baseball. It's the best part about baseball. Why are you bitching about it if you are? Don't want a guy celebrating on you. Don't give him a meatball right down the middle that he <laughs> hits 400 feet. It's not that hard. Exactly. That's that's exactly what I've I've always said. And like what always bothers me too is you brought up the pitchers. You see all the time if the pitcher's in a jam and they get a big strikeout to end the inning, pitchers will pump their fist. Pitchers will yeah. you know jump off the mound and do stuff. But if a if a batter hits a home run and even stares it down for a minute and struts for a little bit then the next batter is going to get a ball right in the ear hole. And I'm like, 
how does that work? A pitcher, it's okay for a pitcher to like pump their fist and get pumped up after a strikeout, but a pat, a bat, you know, a hitter can't watch his home run go 450 feet or something. That makes no sense. But yeah, I, I mean, the game is making a little bit of strides. And one thing too, maybe we've talked about, but you see it in college baseball. Uh, college baseball. If you ever like sit there and watch, especially if you watch games at Omaha, you know, like the, the College World Series, but really any college baseball game, there is a ton of energy. That's one cool thing about college baseball. I mean, they are they are doing all these sorts of like you know like celebrations, and they're talking trash, and they're talking mm-hmm. trash back and forth. The dugouts are and all that stuff. All the energy is there in college baseball. But right then, for some reason, you get up to the majors, and it's like oh, we're professionals now. We have to be all buttoned up. And it's like you take all the fun away. Yeah, and I mean, Jared, you threw the comment out there about boomers. I have to at least make a comment on it. Uh, You're somewhat right on that, but uh, it was well before my generation even when the the so-called unwritten rules of baseball applied. And, And, you know, you're right. I mean, there was there were the rules when I had growing up, and just like Matt was talking about, you know the the brushback pitch, the the throwing inside, you know, uh, don't don't steal a base when you're up by five runs. I mean, those were all the unwritten rules, which I think they got to go away. And you you talked about the younger generation, even the players playing the game, they still kind of stick by some of those rules, and they got to get it loosened up themselves. You know, I think I think moving forward. For the game of baseball to survive and thrive, which I think it will go through another cycle where it'll be popular again, it just got to it got to pick up the pace a little bit. Got to do what you guys have been talking about the the celebrations, the electricity, if you can get it, and uh, you know we'll just see what happens as it moves forward. But I think I, th- I think the future is bright. Yeah, you you need some of those young like Tatis, like you mentioned, Jared, or even Badu. You know the yeah. dude for the Tigers. You need some of these, like, young players to come on and be, like, superstars, you know, that people will really, like, grasp onto. So, hopefully it does. I don't know if, if Jared, I don't know if you have anything else to add to all that. I've got to ask you guys about um, summer baseball in Corona. You mentioned Mitchell Field, Jared, (laughs) that you guys played all the time at Mitchell Field. That makes me almost sad. I'm curious where you played, Ted, at your, like, Corona, like, summer baseball. Yeah. Because the fenced-in field at Elsa Meyer – was for my generation growing up was like it was like Fenway Park. Yep. Fenston Field, the Fenston Field at Elsenmeyer when you yep. finally got up to the league where you could play on that field, it was like you were playing at Yankee Stadium and it was awesome cuz yeah, it, it was fenced in so you could hit home runs. I mean, and I had a couple, I had a bunch of inside the park, you know, like the little league inside the park home runs where kids are just like booting the ball all over the place. I would get a ton of those. But when you could hit a ball over the fence you felt like you were Babe Ruth or something. So it kind of makes me sad, Jared, that you didn't get to play at that field. Yeah, I'll just jump in real quick before Jared answers. Uh, I was the first generation that actually played at Elsa Meyer in the fence field. And remember, Jared, I was Benny the Jet Rodriguez. So, you know, I pretty much dominated that place over there. But the first place I ever played was at McCurdy Park in the grandstand. Yeah. That was that was our first ball field as little leaguers, and that was that was just awesome. You know, you talk you talk man about Fenway Park. That was kind of like Tiger Stadium, you know, with the with the grandstand there and the poles. You were hitting it away from it, but still, it was it was very cool to play there at, at McCurdy Park back in the day. Yeah, it, this is my pro- this is why I generally think that I fell out of love with baseball. Is I've never seen a home run in person. Like as a kid, like in a game I've been in, I've never hit one. 
Uh, nothing. And like I said, it's kind of a indictment on Corona, the fact that the only field that we have that has a fence around it is at Elsa Meyer, and that's for, like, T-ball. <laughs> so it, 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 we always made use to make fun of, like, Kiwanis Fields and Owasso and this or that. But I tell you what, the fact of hitting a home run, I, I've always wondered, like, man, that's probably the best feeling in the world. Not an inside the parker where, you know, there's errors, but a out of the park, get a jogger on the bases, home run. I remember my friend Cooper, He when he was, like, a really good, like, he has something like 20 home runs <laughs> in one season, within, like, a 10-game season, to the point where in playoffs, uh, they took it so serious over there that he only got pitched to like two or three times. <laughs> they would just intentionally walk him every time he was off because he was just he basically was going out of the park if he threw anything in the zone. So I just missed that opportunity when I was growing up and playing baseball because man, it's probably the best thing you could do in any sport other than maybe a hole in one or knocking somebody out with like one punch is just hitting the ball out of the park. Nothing like it, man. I love hearing those stories because I know we're we're going to move on to something else quick, but. Summer baseball for me, I know we mentioned it when we were talking about like kids quitting on the high school, you know, sports or whatever, and how I said like I would not miss a summer baseball game. Summer baseball, like when I was going through, I'm sure it was for you, Ted, I don't know if it started to back off a little bit, Jared, when you were playing. It was like the biggest deal in Corona, summer baseball. Like you would sign up before school was done and, you know, the parents or the coaches would pick their teams and it'd be a big deal. Like what team did you land on? You know, like, were you sponsored by Brady's Foodland? Or we were sponsored by uh, Graham the County in a lot? Or, you know, like, who was your sponsor? Yeah. You'd go to Super, yeah, you'd go to Super Cone after the game and get your ice cream and stuff. Like, summer baseball, when I played, you know, when I was growing up in Corona, it was, it was the biggest deal. Like, you lived for it. You would talk about it, like, when you went back to school the next fall. Like, what team won the championship? It was so cool. Well, think about this. When I played, you know, this is in the 60s, we had – full-fledged uniforms you know the wool uniforms not t-shirts and pants we had full uniforms with logos on the, I, I played for the giants and it was so huge summer baseball they had the annual memorial day parade through town you know where you had the bike decorating contest and all that we actually marched every team marched in their uniforms down main street in corona as part of the festivities it was awesome it was a great time to grow up i will say that that's cool but one last thing I wanted to throw out on baseball before we move on. Uh, I just saw this uh, on Twitter a couple of days ago, but Dan Hasty, he's like the Whitecaps, Grand, uh, yeah. uh, Grand Rapids, White, West Michigan Whitecaps, excuse me, like radio announcer. And Matt Shepard, who normally does the games uh, for the Tigers, was sick, so they had to call up the radio guy, and he got to fill in for the radio. And basically, everything I've heard about this guy, you know, just a class act, great uh, broadcaster, got to live out, you know, his dream to call a Tigers game. And what he did after the game was he played catch at Comerica Field, you know, just on the field. And it just sounded like he was just kind of like through the roof, excited about it. So I just want to give a shout-out to him. It sounds like that was just incredible. Yeah, when you, you bring that up, and I, f- I followed that story too, that's just outstanding for him. And all I could think about was Bull Durham and uh, Hasty there. He, yeah. got, he got called up to the show. That was just awesome. Yeah. yeah. It'd be like Ted getting to go down and call a Michigan football game. <laughs> I'd put my best you for impression on, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right, fellas, uh, more baseball than we've talked in a while. I love it. And uh, we're going to get into a few other sports topics right after this. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that's focused on your success. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. Located in downtown Owasso, call for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. 
Advanced Elevator Company have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator. Sheridan Auction Service always has a wide variety of items and real estate on the docket. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Looking out for you, Sheridan Auction Service. The CoronaConnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. All Corona, all the time. I don't know about you guys, but the biggest story in sports the last week since the tournament's been over, since Masters has kind of died down, is Jake Paul. And I know what you guys are thinking. And for those who don't know, this guy was a YouTuber turned sort of boxer the last couple of years. And he just beat uh, ben, Bunky Ben Askren, who was a big UFC guy, you know, Olympic wrestler, all this, all this and that. He just knocked him out. He knocked out him. He's knocked out Nate Robinson, former NBA player. He is just rolling through guys, and I hate to say it, we talked about it last time he won. The guy is the face of boxing. As far as my opinion goes, I would rather watch a Jake Paul fight than just about anyone else in all of competitive you know, MMA, boxing, anything, more than McGregor. McGregor's already over the hill. There is no one that is a bigger draw, in my eyes, than YouTuber Jake Paul. And now next up on the docket for him is either Dylan Danis, who is his – his ex-girlfriend's like new boyfriend and <laughs> Conor McGregor's sparring partner, or Tommy Fury, who is brother the younger brother of Tyson Fury, and he's five and zero so far as a professional boxer. I don't know about you guys, I'm all in on this guy. I, I got a comment and a question. And I'll let Matt jump in. Uh, first of all, the comment I saw the punch; it was legit, man. He he cold cocked him. It was a that was a great shot to the head. The question I have is: Is he is this getting to where he's so big? Is it pay per view? Or are we able to watch this on free TV? No, these are all pay-per-view through, like, something called Triller. But, I mean, if you're anyone from Brain, you can find a stream for it okay. uh, for free. Uh, but, but the guy is, yeah, like you said, I mean, that's the thing that's kind of crazy is everyone sort of thought that he was a joke. Every time he's fought, it's sort of been a new barometer, like a, t- a tougher challenge. And each time he's knocks the guy out. He's just knocking everybody out. Everyone's saying that he's got, you know, great technique. He's got power. He's built, like... Uh, machine, like compared to Ben Askren, a beer guy. Like the guy is legit. He's legit. I need to see him fight somebody legit. That's what we're going to get. Well, you you kind of just contradicted yourself right there. You're saying the guy's legit. The guy's legit. I want to see him <laughs> fight somebody. I want to see him fight somebody legit. And I think that's kind of where I'm at. Stephen yeah. A. Smith, after the fight, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, "Okay, like we need to stop this like clown show." Jake Paul is a professional boxer. I think he has shown he can do that. He needs to stop fighting former NBA players and MMA fighters in the boxing ring. Go get a professional match going, and then maybe we can start, you know, maybe taking it a little more seriously. But you're dead on as far as, like, the big ticket draw, and maybe that's part of, like, today, like today's society or whatever, that people care so much about, like, whatever, the Kardashians, you know, or people who have millions and millions of Instagram followers and stuff. And a YouTuber and Jake Paul can all of a sudden become the biggest draw in all of boxing. And that's what's kind of crazy. He's got Snoop Dogg calling his fights, all the pregame stuff. Pete Davidson is there, you know, doing all the, pre, the pre-fight the stuff. So it's all entertainment. And, you know, like I, I, I kind of agree with you that if Conor, uh, Conor McGregor is still a really big draw. If he was fighting that night, I'd probably still rather watch Conor McGregor. But I don't know, like say Floyd Mayweather came out of retirement and was fighting on the same night as Jake Paul, I'd probably rather watch Jake Paul yeah. right now because Mayweather would kind of be like, 
eh, we've already seen that, you know, whatever. But that, that, so, like, the biggest thing to me is, you know, it's kind of crazy to think that this YouTuber has come up and become this big of a ticket. I want to see him fight an actual boxer. I want to see him yeah. get in the ring with somebody who is a pro- professional boxer before I say he's going to be the next, you know, Oscar De La Hoya or something like that. Here's why I love this guy, and you're spot on, Matt. I think that is kind of like his next step is he's basically going, like what we've kind of said we need to see is he's going against a professional boxer next. So we're 100% going to see what he's all about. But the reason I love this guy is because even to get to this point, people kept saying, like, dude, Ben Askren's going to knock you out. Like, as soon as you fight a real fighter, uh, this UFC guy, like, dude, it doesn't even matter. And then next thing you know, he knocked him out. And now everybody's saying, oh, he's not legit, he's not this, he's not that. But it's funny because Jake Paul has come from being nothing, knows nothing about boxing, just sort of stepped into it a couple years ago for a stupid pay-per-view fight against another YouTuber. And now two years later, people are calling him a professional boxer and getting pissed at him because he's not beating, you know, professional boxers. When the goalpost in the first place was, hey, you're never even going to beat a guy who's a fighter, whether that's a boxer, MMA guy, this or that, and he just completely knocked the guy out first round. I'm not a Jake Paul fan, but it just cracks me up how he just stumbles into this sport and arguably has become the face of the sport, and he's really not even a part of the sport. It just cracks me up. Well, and if he has good management, too, he can he can make – Buku buku bucks moving forward. You know, if he has the right manager, you, you got to take steps. Yeah, he's got to fight a legitimate boxer next, but you don't want to jump right in against a bona fide type of championship boxer, I don't think. You don't want to do that right away. You got to kind of ease your way up, don't you? Yeah, and I guess that he's easing his way up with uh, former NBA players. Right. He's got to get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, a couple other things before we wrap up this podcast, fellas. Jared, we were talking about the Masters last time we were on. Uh, just a quick stat, worst TV rating since 1993. I don't know if that has something to do with COVID, has something to do with no Tiger, but just a fact. But here's the thing I had for you. You know, we talked about bucket list things. You know, young man, you have to get in the lottery. Matt brought it up the last time. You just get in the lottery and they might pull your name out. You can go to a practice round for 75 bucks, or you can go to an actual tourney day for 115 bucks. Now, wouldn't that be worth it? Oh, hell yeah, it'd be worth it. But here's the thing is, it, I should join the lottery. You are right. I'm going to join. I'm going to do it. People are in that lottery their whole lives, and they never get dropped. Well, you... It's not like it's like, oh, like you're going to you know, join the lottery in a couple of years, you'll be in it. It's like joining... Uh, like the Red Sox season ticket holders list, where, or Michigan, where, no, you got about 30 years before you're maybe going to get a chance to go to a Masters. And it's just like, I don't know, 22 it, years old, do I really want to go through all the work for really nothing? Because I'm never going to get it. It's a, online, dude. On, I, I was, I was going to say, hop online, fill out a couple forms, boom, you're done. Right. And <laughs> what do you got to lose? <laughs> Anyway, I just want to throw that out. I mean, why haven't you guys done it? I'm going to from now on. I looked with that what you just threw out there. I I looked it up after our last conversation. I couldn't believe it was that cheap. I'm going to, I'm definitely, I'm going to sign up every single year. Are you kidding me? Mark my words. I will do it. I won't, I won't, I won't sign up once and we'll go to the same amount of masters, man. All right. Uh, Real quick before (laughs) we sign up. funny about it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Before we sign off, I want to say congrats to the uh, Michigan women's gymnastics team. That was fantastic. I didn't see it live on Saturday, but I caught the replay yesterday. That was tremendous. And also, speaking of the Wolverines, Joe Milton now going to be a Tennessee volunteer trying to uh, solve SEC defenses. I don't know about that. I'm kind of curious to see how, how that plays out. I think it's a good spot because they're they're kind of in – 
And I think they're in a worse spot than Michigan. They're trying to figure out anything to, to get going for Tennessee. So it's a good spot for him. You know, maybe he'll go in there and yep. win the starting job and win a couple games. Who knows? I'm wishing him luck. Uh, it would be kind of an awesome story if he just goes there and balls out. I, I would say that's probably not going to happen. It's surprising to me that he decided he was going to go because he couldn't, like you said, you kind of said it right in a little tease there, is that he couldn't figure out Big Ten defenses, but now he's going to go against Bama uh, at least once a year in the SEC and try to figure that out. I don't know. Best of luck to him. It doesn't seem like the smartest thing he could have done. If I was him, I would have gone maybe to like a Buffalo or you know one of the higher-level MAC teams or a group of five schools and became a superstar there. That's the route I would have went, but there's a reason he's you know, getting a scholarship to the University of Tennessee and I'm – sitting on my couch, you know, watching potatoes, watching him play. You're eating, eating potato chips, watching him play. So, <laughs> Yep, I hope he does well, too, but we'll see, and uh, good luck to him. Well, I think that's going to do it. Any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap this up? I think we're good. Nelson House Funeral Home's top goal is to serve the families in our community. The number one priority is caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. Check out more information on the web at nelson-house.com. The Hankard Sportswear team pride themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. They do it by providing 100% guarantee to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always have Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul school spirit items in stock. Also, special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events. Call them at 989-725-2979, stop on into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at hankered.sportswear. Just uh, everybody out there, follow us at 3 Point Pod. By the way, our next podcast, we may be having some participation opportunities for you. We'll tell you more about that. We're going to probably be recording our next show on the Locker Room app. Follow us on social media, like I said, at 3 Point Pod, and we'll get you all the information. We want to thank our advertisers. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying so long, everyone. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ MidMichigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.